0: God is good at all, all the time. God is good. Woo! If you love Jesus, give it up for Jesus right now. Clap your hands. Jesus is awesome. God is awesome. I don't know about you guys, but that worship was on fire. It was on point. And if it's a little uncomfortable, if you're like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can shout. I'm not used to shouting. I'm not used to putting my hands up. I'm not used to moving my body like that. I mean, come on, like I go to school. I'm just a statue everywhere I go, right? When I'm with my friends, I don't, I don't yell. I don't, I don't live, move my hands around. Like I'm a statue everywhere. No, you're not. Okay, so, so you know, when when we're in the presence of God, worshiping the Lord, guys, get free, get loose. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to be so like ah, constricted and act like we got chains all choking us and all that stuff. I mean, God is worthy, amen? So be free in worship, and and uh, when 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 it's time to, to sing the songs and everything, get lost in the presence, amen? Because God is worthy, and He's amazing, and He's awesome. So um, without further ado, we're going to be talking about uh, love versus lust tonight. It's going to be an, an awesome word. Um, for this whole month of uh, February, we've been uh, talking about dating like a Christian. And uh, there is a right way to do it, and there is a wrong way. Let me emphasize, there is a wrong way, wrong way to do it. And you don't want to do it that way. You want to do it God's way. You want to do it according to the Bible. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about and, and everything. Next week is going to be our pure studi- purity, purity Ceremony. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there. Um, If we can all bow our heads and close our eyes at this time, let's just open up with a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this room right now, Lord. We, we, We take you seriously, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love your presence. And we just ask you, even now as we speak, God, that you would move, that you would touch our hearts, God. Lord, we're listening to you. We're listening to your spirit. We want more of you, Lord. We want to encounter your heart tonight, Lord God. So I just pray, God, that you would set people free, Lord. God, if there's any struggles or temptations going on, Lord God, I pray that those things would be broken off in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Well, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. If you guys don't know, that's kind of known as the love chapter. Everybody refers to this, uh, to this passage when they talk about love and everything, and it, and it goes in depth into what love really is. I love how the Bible and, and God, he designed it in such a way where he goes out of his way to define to us what love actually is, what it looks like, right? In our world, in our society, everybody has an opinion about what love is and what that looks like, how that's reflected in a relationship all of those different things, but God gives us a clear definition of what real love is supposed to look like. Not cheap, fake kind of love you find on television, you you find on movies, and and you find it in media and music and all these different things. God lays it out for us clearly here in this verse, uh, chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. If we can read it out here, it says in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it, is not, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And that's where I'll stop uh, at that point right there. Love never fails. That's God's definition. When God thinks about love, when God thinks about what true love looks like, especially in a relationship, especially in a lifelong commitment like marriage, this is what God is talking about. This is what God has in mind. This is the definition that God has provided you with. Well, how do I love in in, in a relationship? How do I treat the opposite sex? How do I treat people in my school? How do I treat my friends? How do I treat my girlfriend or boyfriend? How do I treat my future spouse? Well, Well, looking at first... Verse 4, the first thing, it says love is patient, right? Love is kind. Okay, well, i got to be kind to my girlfriend. I can't be uh, telling her she's, she's garbage or something, right? I can't do that. That's not in the Bible. That's not cool. Okay, lo- love, it. It, it doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. You're not jealous about what they're doing, what they're not doing. You're, you know what I'm saying, guys? It, it, the Bible gives us such a clear picture and a definition of what love looks like. And I'm going to take my time. In a second, just to develop some of these characteristics a little bit more, but I just want to reiterate here. You know, guys, in our world and in our society, they try and attempt to define what love is all the time. All the time. Everywhere you look, they're talking about love. Growing up as a, as a young kid, all you hear about in, in TV shows, cartoons, movies, media, everything, pictures, uh, music, songs, lyrics, it's all about love. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody has an opinion on what it looks like. And how you need to act or, or be in a relationship and how you can love this person or that person. You get emotions in your stomach, right? The, 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 the cartoon's portrayed as like little butterflies or little hearts, you know, coming up on the eyes or something, right? Like somehow that's real love, right? We pass the note under the table. Oh, oh I, I think she's cute. I have a crush on her. Let me, let me pass this note under the table. Yeah, I love you so beautiful oh he loves me yeah you know it's like no what are you talking about that's a piece of paper like you'll probably have a crush on another girl uh, the next day or in a few hours who knows god god help us right but our society pushes all these different agendas tells us what love looks like opinions this is how you need to be this is how you need to act i remember growing up when i was a bit younger not because i'm you know i'm only 21 i'm not like super young i know different people get offended. They're like, when I say I'm younger, they're like, no, you're not. You're, you're still young. What are you talking about? Well, when I was like 15, 14, 13, around there, I forgot what year it came out, but something that was really big when I was younger was uh, Twilight, the whole Twilight series, right? Anybody watch Twilight? Uh-oh. Uh, now I got to pray for you guys. All right. Amen. Um, so, So it's like back then, you know, the big thing was Twilight and how this vampire dude, like, fell in love with a, a young lady and, like, his, Edward. Who said that? Who Jesus' name. Um, so, you know, right, Edward or whatever, okay, that this vampire, like, falls in love with a young lady and is, like, biting her or something. I don't know. <laughs> Bella, right? Okay, all this nonsense, guys. And it's like somehow we we look at a, a vampire falling in love with a, with Bella, right, and, and like, bites her or turns her into, I don't know what the story is, but we look at that. We look at that, and it's like, oh, that's, that's what real love is. You know, we're, we're going to go to a movie about a vampire and get our definition of how to be married for the rest of our lives from a movie. About a vampire falling in love with, with Bella, right? We look at that as the example. Oh, my gosh, that's so cute. That's so romantic. That's so amazing. I want to do that. That's, that's how my marriage is going to be built upon. My, my foundation for my marriage is going to be twilight. There we go. Right? And we and we we watch those movies, we get caught up in the romanticism and, and the portrayal of this love story, right? Another big movie that, that came out that kind of just, you know, made so much money at the box office. How many guys heard of Titanic? Anybody watch Titanic, right? You know, and, and, and apparently that's like a romantic movie that's so amazing, that's so nice, that's so so special. You know, you got this kid, and he falls in love with a young lady and everything. And, and a few years ago, I forgot how long it was, maybe five years, when they remastered it or whatever, and it came back in the theaters, unfortunately, uh, a friend of mine convinced me to come with. He saw the movie when he was not saved, and uh, I guess that was some time ago, so he didn't. he kind of forgot what the movie was all about and what it had and what it didn't have. And, uh, you know, he kind of dragged me along with him. We saw this movie, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm going in there thinking, I'm seeing this guy on a boat, you know, and this young lady. I'm like, okay, this guy looks like a gentleman. You know, he's going to do some nice old-fashioned stuff, you know, propose at the end or something, give her a ring, like, talk to the parents. Like, can I I court your daughter or something like that? And uh, obviously, for those of you who saw the movie, that is definitely not what happened at all. I was horrified at the things I saw in that movie. And, And, again, how it portrayed love. Right, because we just read 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8, love is patient, love is kind, it, it, doesn't, it's not, it doesn't boast, it's not envy, it doesn't dishonor, right, all these different things, that are, the, the definition that was clearly laid out for us in, in the Bible, what love is and what it looks like, and when I'm watching the Titanic, it's just about this, you know, this kind of, this, this, this bad little guy, you know, who's like... He's poor, but he's like a troublemaker and he and he stirs things up and you know all this stuff. And then you have this nice little, you know, rich girl, and she's like the good girl, and like it's like the bad guy and the good girl, and like, oh, that's so romantic. Like, bad guys hooking up with good girls. Like, what the heck? That's demonic. You know what I'm saying? That's not God, that doesn't have anything to do with Jesus or the Bible. That's that's demonic. So so it, it, it shouldn't be some bad guy hooking up with a good girl. It should be a Christian disciple. Come on, somebody, asking the Lord what he should do with his life and if he should seek this person or not. But anyway. So this guy, he's, like, chasing after this girl the whole movie. I mean, all it is is three hours of just him chasing after this girl nonstop. And, of course, what does he do in that movie, right? Does he just, 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 does he just want his, her number? Does he just want to talk to her? Does he just want to, like, ask her who she is and, you know, share the, the depths of her heart and just kind of get to know her right over that, that boat ride? What ends up happening in that, in that whole entire three-hour movie or however long it is? You know what I'm saying? You, you don't have to answer the, that question, but I remember just seeing all of this perverted stuff, dude. Like, some, you know, again, because this, this was known as a romantic kind of, you know, look, this is what love is. This is romantic. This is how you want your relationship to be. And what does the guy do? Well, basically, the climax of the story, the climax of their relationship is them having sex in a car and like, the back of a boat or something, right? Constantly kissing, constantly groping each other, right? Somehow, this is the definition of love. Somehow, this is true romanticism. Somehow, this is what relationship is about. Somehow, this is what dating is really about. This is the example we have: some some crackpot kid running around trying to have sex with a girl. That's the that's the idea. That's the example. We want that to be our foundation for marriage, for the person we're going to spend the rest of our lives with. Right? Of course, it doesn't just stop at movies. As a matter of fact, just a little bit more on that topic, I mean, so many movies and TV shows. Guys, there's always at least one episode in every TV series where, where, you know, there's a scene of a, you know, character A falls in love with character B, and they're kissing, and they're doing stuff they shouldn't be doing because they're not married. And that's pushed on us, and that's thrown at our faces as if that's the example. As if this is how our marriages should look like. Guys, that's how divorces happen. That's how families are separated. That's how children grow up in broken homes, because a dad got caught up in an emotional hype, an emotional rush, had feelings for some secretary, and next thing you know, they're kissing in a closet or something. Who knows, right? This is something that's throughout our entire entertainment industry. Need I say anything about music? When we look at our music and the things that are being put out there on, on the radio and, and artists and everything. I mean, it, it's some of the most perverted, sexually immoral things we've ever heard. If you go back to the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, I'm telling you, I mean, some, I was going to okay. Um, if you go back to like that kind of music, you know, um, as far as I know, that, that stuff wasn't being talked about. It wasn't sexually immoral, it was kind of innocent, you know, just nothing like super graphic. But not too long ago, I know the song isn't on the top of the charts anymore. But not too long ago, right? Justin Bieber and whoever that guy was, you know, made the song Despacito, right? I don't even know Spanish, but it's it sounded it it sounded there you go, Daddy. He needs to get saved, Daddy, repent. Um, it's like, you know, this guy, you know, he he. They make this song. I don't even know Spanish, but it sounds like something shady's going on. I don't know what they're talking about, right? And I remember one time I looked up the lyrics because everybody keeps talking about it, right? Everybody keeps bumping it in their car. Everybody keeps playing it around like, hey, this song is so awesome. Look at me. I'm bumping up. I got swag because I'm listening to this song, Despacito. Look at me. I'm, I'm trending now. And I looked up the lyrics, and it was just the most perverted thing you could even imagine, right? Sexual in nature, every single lyric, every single measure just about sexuality, sex, the girl, the guy, all this nonsense. And that's what's at the top of our charts. And that's what people are parading around. That's what's being flaunted in our schools, in our entertainment, in social media. And we ask ourselves, why do we have so many teen pregnancies? Why is there so many abortions? Why are so many families divorced? There's a new statistic out that says about half of America's population is growing up without their biological father and mother in the home. Guys, it sounds like the devil's winning in America. And I don't want to give too much glory to what the devil's doing because God's raising up an army of disciples that are holy and pure and dedicated to doing it right, amen? But the devil has ravished this nation, has ravished our families, has destroyed homes destroyed relationships, all before you even turn 18. Having your heart broken constantly as you go through high school. Guys, that's not fun, that's not happy. I've been in some of your guys' lives when you went through a breakup, you didn't sound too happy about it. You didn't sound so glad and giddy, like oh my gosh, I just got this breakup, it's so amazing, it's awesome. No, you were like, went on a, (laughs) you know who you are, but you went on this whole tangent of depression and like oh my gosh, it was crazy you know, it's, it's, it's not good. It doesn't bear good fruit. Why do we keep doing it then? Why do we keep dating like the world? Why do we keep doing relationships like the movies we watch and see? It's not working, guys. People aren't happy. People aren't even getting married anymore. They'd rather just live together and test it out. I don't know what you're testing out and why it's taking you five, ten years to test out. Okay, that's a long test, my goodness. I can barely handle an hour-long test, but it's like, dude, what are you doing? People are scared of commitment. People are scared of marriage. People are scared to do it the right way because they don't have love. They have lust. They have the pleasures of the world inside of their heart. They want to satisfy themselves. The Bible says, Love is patient. Well, they're impatient. They want to have everything and everything now. And by some of you who are older, I'm sure you understand what I mean when I say everything. They want everything that girl can possibly give them. Do you think that's going to make a a long-lasting marriage? Do you think that's going to make for happy kids and grandkids down the road? How do you think that's going to impact the next generation? The Bible says love is kind. Why is it so many times? And I guess I don't even listen to this, but but I hear about it. It's like, right, these, there, there's these songs out there talking about beating your girlfriend or whatever, you know, just talking down to them, talking to them as if they're trash, as if they're a piece of meat, right? Like like that's what the world is saying we ought to do and, like, exercise our power or whatever. Well, that's not what the Bible says real love is. It says it's kind. So the boyfriend, if anything, should be kind to the girlfriend, should be kind in general, should be patient to even get into a relationship and not rush into something because they have emotions flaring up. Because emotions can come and go every single day, but marriage is a lifelong commitment. And you better make sure whoever you're, you're, you know what I'm saying, guys, It's, it's, it's a lifelong commitment. It can't be something based off of some temporary emotion that you have. As if one day, you know, I, I, I want to go to McDonald's, the next week I go to Burger King. That's not, rela- that's not dating, that's not relationships. That's not how you do it, guys. It's not one week I like this girl, the next week I like the other girl. Oh, well, this girl got a new hairstyle, and she, she's looking pretty cute. So, man, I think I'm going to crush on her, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her friend, right? I'm going to tell her friend that she's cute and, that, and, and to tell her that I like her. And then, and then that happens, and then you find out she has a boyfriend, but then she like, is cheating on her boyfriend with you. And then it just turns into this whole entire mess, and the whole time God is laying out and trying to define to you what love really is. And it's not that, but you're not listening to the word of God, and you're doing whatever your emotions are telling you to do. We can do better. We can do better, and we're called to do better as disciples, as Christians. Why do you think there's so many single-parent homes? It's because love was not exercised, because love was not found. It was a marriage. It was a relationship. It was this you know, whole thing based not on love but in lust and selfish desires and pleasures. It's destroying our society, it's destroying Chicago, it's destroying our schools, because now we go into our high school, we're looking around, and we're, we're just operating from this, this this spirit and heart of emotion, and whatever whatever feels good, whatever gratifies my sexual desires. I mean, guys, it's, it's, it's perverted, and we have to guard our hearts. If we're truly disciples, if we're truly Christians, we can't be basing what we think a relationship is supposed to look like off of a movie. Off of the Titanic, off of Twilight, off of some scene in, in you know, Black Panther or something. We can't base it off of that. I saw that movie. I, I give it three and a half stars, okay? I, I'm just saying. But but it's like we we can't be basing what we think a relationship is supposed to be off of what the world's doing. Off of music, off of songs that Justin Bieber puts out there. What is that song? Where Where would I be without you or where can I... Where, or whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like we, 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 we hear that song and then it has a little hook at the end, do 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 do, <laughs> you know? And it's like, and and to us, it's like that's that's what I want to that that's that's what dating is about, that's what relationships about, that's what falling in love is about, just this little song, this little this little pop song. But guys, it's so much more than just. Who you like or who you don't like, who you're crushing on or not? It's about marriage, it's about what the Bible says about. It's about love is patient, love is kind. That's what you need to be getting it from. Don't base your life off of the world, because look at how the world's doing. They're not happy. People who are having sex and going to these parties, drinking, having fun, gratifying their pleasures every single day with women, with guys, and I know I'm talking a lot about guys because that's, you know, what I'm surrounded with, but I'm telling you, man, I've heard some stories about women going crazy after guys, you know, talking about this dude, that dude, and it's like, gosh, when will it end? I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought three guys, three cute guys in front of you would be enough, but no, you're not, you're on your fourth or fifth guy that you're crushing on, like, what are you talking, what is going on right now, you know? and we can't base it we cannot base it off of the world off of some book we read that had that's talking about some guy who has blue eyes and he's so cute and there's a little sunset and the sun's going down and you know what I mean like that that's not that's not what's going to make your marriage last that's not what's going to raise strong you know boys and girls and, and have a strong generation of kids you know like that that's not that doesn't work if anything it hurts and it breaks things And it leaves you broken in the end. And as disciples, we're not called to do that. We're called to set the example, to shine the light of Christ. And I believe as all of us are in this place, we are called to set the example. Yes, even at 13, even at 11, even at 12, 15, 16, whatever, we are called to set the example in dating, in relationships, in having a boyfriend or girlfriend, we are called to set the example and the standard in holiness and righteousness. How do we do that? Well, we look at the Bible. We see what the Bible says, and we build our foundation on the Word. So for, for, you know, for the last time, don't build your foundation. Don't make, again, movies and, and, and songs and music and all this. Don't make that your foundation because it will leave you depressed as it always has. It'll leave you broken, as it always has. It'll leave you disappointed, as it always has, guys. Give me one testimony of somebody who dated like the world, like some uh, music video they saw with Jay-Z or whatever. Give me one testimony where that relationship worked. Guys, it's not even working for the artists. It's not even working for the film director, film directors. They're getting caught with, with, with child pornography. They're getting caught forcing women to have sex with. I mean, they're doing, it's, all, it's not working, guys. Titanic doesn't work. Twilight doesn't work. Despacito definitely does not work. None of this stuff works. What does work though? The word of God. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you can put it up there again, Oscar. I know I read it in passing, but let's just kind of digest this just a little bit. And then we will be ready to close out again. In verse four, it says, love is patient. What does that mean? Well, it means you're not just you know making decisions off the whim whatever you feel like doing whatever your emotions are telling you to do. No, you're patient you're asking god you're praying lord what should i do feelings are real emotions are real but god is just as real so go to him for your help and for your guidance be patient be kind true love isn't envious True love isn't looking at what other people have. True love isn't looking at what another couple has at your school, and then you feel lonely because you, don't, you can't be like them. No, 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 no. It's not envious. It doesn't boast. It isn't proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. Getting into a relationship with somebody just because of what, the, what you think they can give you. I can't emphasize this enough. This is something so huge in our culture. We get into relationships because of what somebody can give us. I can't think of a more perverted and demonic definition of love than to get into a relationship and to love somebody because of what they can give you. And guess what? You know, at the moment that person isn't pretty anymore, the moment that person doesn't have the same, you know, muscles as they used to, Well, I guess it's time to move on to somebody else. 40, 50, falls in love with their secretary, falls in love with some guy they met at at the gym. And now there's a whole thing going on behind the scenes. All the while, their kids are trying to go to school, trying to have a play. They want their parents to come, but their parents are too busy committing adultery, sleeping with different people, right? It's not self-seeking. It's self-sacrificial, Love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not keep a long record of this is what you did, that's what you did, this is what you did last month, this is what you told me. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. That's not what love is. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects not cowardly, runs away when things are going south. No, it always protects. It always trusts. Next slide. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. I don't know about you guys, but that's my foundation for what my future marriage is going to look like. That's my definition. That's my foundation of whoever I happen to get into a relationship with. And I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to wait. I'm in no hurry. I've been single up to 21, and I'll be single up to who knows when. I'm just waiting on God. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm willing to be patient because that's love according to the Bible. That's biblical love. This is my foundation. And, And you might say to yourself, well, Lawrence, okay, that sounds great. I'm definitely with you. I want to be patient. I want to be kind. I want to not rush into these things and just let my emotions get the better of me. Well, how do I do that? Oscar, if you can go to Romans chapter 5 verse 5 if you guys want to turn there you can again Romans 5 chapter Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says this and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us I'm going to read the next few passages but I want us to catch this Love has been poured out into our hearts through who? Let's all read it. Let's say it together, okay? On the count of three, right? From God's love. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the? Come on, somebody. Through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You want to learn how to love You want to learn how to have that kind of true love inside of you that you can one day give to somebody else? You want to learn how to do that? Ask the Holy Spirit to pour it upon you. The Holy Spirit has it, and he's willing to give it to you. He's willing to give you the wisdom. He's willing to counsel you. He's willing to show you so that you don't have to go through a bunch of heartbreaks, so that you won't have to go through a bunch of drama at school. The Holy Spirit is willing to put that real love inside of you. Ask him to pour it out to you tonight. That's what the altar call is going to be like in just a few moments. Verse 6, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless. This is such a powerful verse. Christ died for the ungodly. Next slide. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. How does God demonstrate his own love for this? He has real love on the inside of himself, right? God is the author of love. He is true love. So how does God reflect that onto the world? How does he carry that out? How does he demonstrate to everyone, hey, this is what real love is? What does it look like? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It's not keeping a record of wrongs. God went to the cross, forgot our wrongs, opened up his arms, died for us while we were still sinners. While we were still enemies while we were still jacked up, while we still had a bunch of stuff going on in our lives that messed us up, all this darkness and shame and sin and all these things, it was at that point that Christ chose to die for our sins. Sacrificial love. Love that's not seeking its own, but is seeking to sacrifice itself for you. At your worst. When you are not worthy of it at all. See, that's Real love. And that's how God demonstrates His own love for us sacrificial love. Again, when we think about relationships, dating, marriage, it's not about self seeking love and self pleasing love, it's about self sacrificial love. Because that's what Jesus did. And we're called to reflect Jesus in our relationships, in our marriages, in all these different things. And of course, we can reject what Christ did for us on the cross. He died for us while we were still sinners, but if, you know, he, he died for us when we were, while we were still sinners, but we can reject that free gift, you know, and say, no, God, I don't care that you died on the cross for my sin. I just want to keep living my own life and doing my own thing. I want to live out in lust, not love. I want to do things my way. I want to follow my emotions. I want to follow whatever pleases my flesh, Lord. Well, you know what? Your life is going to be void of love. You're never going to experience true love, and you're never going to be able to give any love to anybody that you meet. If we can all stand in this place. If there's anything I want you guys to understand as far as love and and lust, and 1 Corinthians chapter 13, God has love. God is love. He demonstrates love for us. It's sacrificial. It's real. It's tangible. It heals it binds families together. It makes them stronger. It doesn't drive people away. It doesn't break hearts. And we can receive that. ask her if you can go back to the other slide when it talks about the Holy Spirit. First things first, you have to be saved. You have to have God's love on the inside of you. You have to repent of your sin and say, I'm done with lusting. It's sad to say, I hope nobody leaves this room and goes back to school lusting after every girl or guy they see. Lord, have mercy. I hope that does not happen. And I want to warn you and encourage you in this place, do not leave still with that mindset of lust, but ask God to set you free from that because he will, and he'll show you what real love looks like, and he'll make you and he'll enable you to love people, not just your friends and your family, but even your future wife. Guys, your marriage is hopeless without the love of Christ being present in there. How many guys know that's what you should be receiving right now? I mean, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Stephanie, if you can come up to the guitar. Father God, I just ask you that you would uh, move right now in this place, Lord God. We've all experienced, God, and seen the effects of lust, Lord. We don't have to look far, God, to see the effects lust has, God, breaking families together, God, causing arguments, God abuse lord god hurt pain all these different things god lust has ruined our society has ruined our schools god has ruined so many people around us lord god in our nation in our city lord god show us how to love like you love show us how to love like you love lord god Teach us, Lord, God, how to have true love on the inside of us, God. Teach us, Lord, that when we enter into a relationship, God, for a future uh, marriage commitment, God, show us, Lord, love starts with you. It starts in you. It starts in receiving you and your love for us, Jesus so just for a few moments i just i just want to invite the holy spirit to come and speak to you guys individually i believe the lord is highlighting areas in your life where you need god's love to come in perhaps you've been struggling with lust perhaps you've been basing your whole entire life off of lust i don't know but god is saying tonight tonight is the night where you get set free where you start loving people according to the word of god not a movie, not a book, not a song, but according to God and his word. Holy Spirit, even now as we speak, God, sweep across this room, God. Oscar, if you can leave that verse up. Holy Spirit, we ask you that you would pour out your love upon us, God, even now as we speak. just want to encourage you, as you're standing there, just say, Holy Spirit, pour out your love upon my heart. He'll do it. He'll do it if you've been broken because of someone's lust after you. If you've been hurt. Do you still have pain because of all the lust that's perverted the world, that's perverted your school, that's perverted people you know and things that they've done to you guys? Let the Holy Spirit's love heal you right now because it's pure, because it's holy, because it's right, because it heals. It doesn't break, lust breaks people, lust breaks hearts. Lust breaks relationships. Lust breaks marriages. Lust breaks families. God's love heals families. God's love brings restoration. God's love is safe. God's love protects. God's love never fails. Holy Spirit, let your love fall in this place. Some of the leaders can just raise their voices. Just sing in the Spirit right now. Let's just have an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to come and move. Jesus, we love you. We don't want to lust anymore, God. We don't want to be a generation known for our lust, God. We don't want to be, God, we don't want to have our family, God, known for being ravished by lust, God. We want to stop the cycle, God. We want to be raised up as examples, God. People that, God, that I pray that other people would be able to look at our lives and see true love, God, not lust, Lord, not perversion, not sexual immorality, but true love, God, is found and defined in the Bible, Lord. Right now, God, release that, Lord, God. ba so tora barase any spirits of lust or sexual immorality i command you to go in the name of jesus any strongholds of lust in the mind i command you to go in the name of jesus lord release freedom god release freedom in the name of jesus just a few more moments guys we have time we have time i'm not moving the holy spirit wants to touch some of you in this place Open up your hearts to them. Say, Holy Spirit, come and touch me with your love. Come and pour out your love upon me. You can have as much as you want. God's love never disappoints. God's love never disappoints. You see, guys, lust disappoints. A boyfriend controlled by lust will disappoint you and break you. A girlfriend controlled by lust will disappoint you and break you. But God's love will not break you. God's love will never leave you disappointed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If I could have my altar workers come up. in your chair and you're saying to yourself I want to receive that true love in my life I don't want to be known for lust I don't want to be known as a lustful person that's a noble thing amen we should all want that in this place I don't want to be known for lust and I don't want to carry lust into my relationships I don't want to carry lust into my marriage if that's you I want you to come down to these altars and make a commitment to the Lord and say God I'm not going to be known for lust I'm going to be known for the true love that you have given me Lord That's what I'm going to be defined. The altars are open right now. If that is you, you want to be known for God's true love in the inside of you, not for lust, come up here right now. Thank you, Jesus.